sassy Little bit crazy, little bit classy We got dreams and we got goals We're just a couple of old sassholes We're doing it. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, we're doing our many hellos. Uh, welcome to A Couple of Sassholes podcast. I'm Brooklyn Maple. And I'm Heather Terry. And this is our power hour of true crime from fucked up people doing fucked up shit. And usually for no good reason or doing it really poorly and getting caught real fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we'd rather kind of see you get caught real fast. Yes. It's very rare that I'm like, that was impressive. They did a great job. <laughs> Speaking of impressive, we have a guest today and we're so excited. We have Yay. Dave Spencer here. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Yay. Or whenever you listen to this. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it comes out in the morning. Does good it? daytime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then good morning. Yes. yes. Good morning. Uh, but if you save it, if you pause it and save it for later in the day. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night, Kentucky. <laughs> Heather, can you tell everyone about Dave a little bit? I'm, 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 I don't like think I've to. ever called him Dave, and I'm like, I'm going to stop doing that. I I've always called him Spence. We call him Spence. He goes by Dave Spencer. Now, Dave Spencer has been in the radio for 37 years, 35 of them here at 92.5 WBKR. He has seen it all in terms of the way that media has changed over the centuries, <clears throat> decades. <laughs> that was his words. <laughs> Yes. I read that and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, me and Marconi were like this. <laughs> Technology is why Dave has played music off reel-to-reel tape, CDs, and now via digital delivery. He loves watching the music industry change and teaching himself new ways to accomplish that which he needs to accomplish. Now, on to the next 35 years. Yes. Yes. How yes, do me yes. faves, right? 124 on there, on that piece of paper, because Brooklyn decided to come today and not be prepared with any paper. I know, and I'm like, oh, I'll just take these random pieces of paper, and then For I was about to... Sake. I know, I was about to write on them, but they all look really important, so I'm just not going to They, they really that. aren't. If you flip them over, oh, perfect. they're blank. Oh, okay. So go for it. <laughs> those papers, those are all mine. <laughs> so I can assure you, they're totally okay. If you want to write whatever on the back of them. Score. Now, I'm happy to know that now, 16 weeks into me not yes. writing. <laughs> I know, I've always been like, mm, we better not. I know, because someone's going to Oh, for heaven's it. sake, we've been treating, treating like a Fabergé egg. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Just write on the back of them. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I don't have anything to write, but I'm about to do it now. I'll just write a note. <laughs> what random stupid things are going on in this world that we feel like we should probably give our opinion to that no one asked? We, yeah. Yes. That. What about that guy that they had to turn an entire flight around because he was farting on it too much? I'm all for that. I've been stuck in a plane behind a passenger who shouldn't have had whatever they had before they got on the plane. You're not wrong. That's happened to me at least once. You know, but but but. Oof. But I'll be fair. I haven't flown on a plane in a really long time. Oh. In a very long time. I don't think I would either. If somebody have was you ever? Kn- their pants do you know anybody who has not flown on an airplane since 9/11? Since before 9/11? My dad. Really, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm av- I've avoided it. Just it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened. And, yeah. But 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 I've flew plenty before, mm-hmm. and I, I can tell you now, nowadays you can't. Nowadays it's easier to scare passengers on a plane. Oh, yeah, it's happened. Apparently with your asshole. So yeah, what's that? That's terrifying. I got something so, in my eyes, so no one look at me. Aww. I'm in the center of this, and I'm over here like none sun, of you look at Brooklyn right now because she's got something flew into in her my eye. I guarantee it's an eyelash, <laughs> and I'm like. So they turned the plane right. Well, I guess they thought it was something leaking or something out of the. Well, so yeah, it was leaking, <laughs> but uh, not as bad as I thought. I guess. Oh my god! How mortifying! 
And you're the reason why everyone's late to their vacations, et cetera, because you ate a burrito or two the night before. Or a can of Bush's beans. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. I must have been really bad, too. I mean, sometimes you can be gassy and everything can be okay, and then other times you're gassy and it's like, I kind of want to shoot myself. Yeah. I smell like shit. I would have been like, listen, yes, for the I don't, sake I don't of- need this. I need to, you know. <laughs> what a rough time. Yes. Looking at that. Anyway. We were talking bless about- Bless his heart, by the way. I know. Embarrassment yeah. plus pain. Anyway. I'm very curious too if like um, everyone knew exactly who it was or like what the situation was because like maybe they got away with it no one knowing that it was Dude. the guy in C4 I would I don't know. look so hard at the person beside me and be like you really need to stop that like, unless, if it was, was, you, unless your stomach was like on the flip side <laughs> on the flip side oh yes now that I've thought about it isn't it just a little bit too much jumping the gun turning the entire plane around before you before finding out what it is I mean it is just a bodily function. Right. You're right. I keep forgetting that they thought it was something like intense going on. Like yeah. I keep yeah. forgetting that. Like no, they were I, like, oh my gosh, there's rancid right. air filling the <laughs> cabin. It could be that the restroom. Well, I mean, things... you know, people talk about, you know, hey, don't go in there. I just blew up the bathroom. But you really can't actually say that in a plane. <laughs> <laughs> that is accurate. Yeah. That, is... that would be taboo. So they should have checked first. Is anyone having gas? <laughs> Everyone close your eyes. Now raise your hand if you're shitting in your pants right now. You just we... thought you were going to Denver. We're going to have to land this in Wichita and figure out what's going on. <laughs> oh, my God. That's mortifying. Poor yes, guy. it is. Yeah, yeah. I know. I also have, when we have guests on, we've had a few. A few. We do some questions Go. that I want to ask you, and you did not know these beforehand. I didn't want to either. I know. Good. Yes. So... What would your death row meal we talk be? Because we talk about death row meals all the time. My um, death row meal? Mm-hmm. Mine would be like fried food, smothered, covered, some sushi, some king crab legs. I would get sick and probably die of eating too much before. But. I would have my death row meal. <laughs> like, Ignoring everything in the... I literally am having an eye mouth. I tell you what. Okay, tell you what. I would have... Fried chicken from Dough Run Inn, which no longer exists. But if it's my death row meal, okay. since I know I'm never going to have one, then I can have a meal that, <laughs> from a restaurant that doesn't exist anymore. Yes. I would want fried chicken from Dough Run Inn. Okay. I would want, you know what? I think I would want hash brown casserole from just about any restaurant I've ever had it because nobody seems to mess that up. People love uh, Cracker Barrels. Yes. Well, that is, well, that's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. That, and I would like, oh, I'd like some buttered peas. Buttered, buttered peas. peas. Oh, I love peas, but I don't need a whole lot of peas because of gout situations. I don't think they're a huge trigger like I, yeah. they used to be. So I can't eat them every once in a while. I love peas. Anyway, there you go. Fried chicken, <laughs> hash brown casserole, buttered peas, and for dessert, we'll have a little sliver of lemon icebox pie. Okay. I mean, why a little sliver? I'd be like, give me a whole fucking Wait, pie. it's my last meal, right? Yeah. I'll take the whole pie if I just sit here and just... <laughs> won't matter yeah exactly so right. yeah and i want i want a half i want the entire half of the fried chicken. i want to tear the, the chicken in half i want the entire half chicken breaded okay and then fried and i'll see the entire half chicken go i Next. love that yeah what was the first case that got you into true crime or interested in that okay let's see probably like mine was oj and then hers was john benet john right? benet yeah I used to stay in uh, at recess when I was in sixth grade and watch the trial with my teacher. <laughs> I'll tell you, 
I'm amazed that your teacher. I'll tell you, it could be a lot of them at the same time. Yeah. It could be a lot of cases at the same time. I don't. Okay, I don't want to monopolize. I don't want to take up too much time, but. When um, when we were kids, we went to visit my aunt and uncle out in New Mexico, and my aunt had this book called Blood Letters and Bad Men. Oh. It's a big, thick, and I've got a copy of it at home. It's a great, big, thick, like, encyclopedia of criminals. Oh, wow. Going back to, like, to the 1700s, 1800s. Oh. We're talking about horse thieves and cattle wrestlers and then on up into, you know, gangsters of the 20s and then serial killers. Yeah. So I learned a lot. I learned about a lot of serial killers I'd never heard of through that book. And I was fascinated by it. I was young too. (laughs) Couple that with, I I, kind of familiar. I got familiar with that book about the same time as the Manson case. Yeah, with with TV movies and Helter Skelter coming out, which I read when I was twelve. So I'm going to go with probably the Manson case. Yep. Just kind of edges the blood letters of bad men books. I'm gonna have to go with the Manson case. That's a good one. And it was terrifying. It that's was, still, I mean, that's still terrifying. That's, that's still terrifying. That's still a Absolutely. horror movie. Yeah, that's still a horror movie. Yeah. What, you know, so the Manson case. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, we we were just talking about. Was that the one that we were thinking about doing for our hundredth yeah. episode? Yep. Was Charles Manson? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's a good one. That is a good one. Just, yeah. I still think Kentucky. we're gonna have to do it. He was from Kentucky too. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What would your serial killer nickname be? Now you know how the media gives people nicknames. You mean like Son of Sam mm-hmm. for Berkowitz? Yeah. And like the what Night do you think Strangler? Be? Something tall. You guys don't know this, but Spencer's like... The Hillside Strangler? You're like 8'7". How tall uh, are you, Spencer? <laughs> I'm 6'5". See, to us it feels like 8'7". My serial killer name? Yes. Yeah. be Bloody Bigfoot. <laughs> yes. Okay, now first of all, it sounds one. like I've... It sounds like I've had that plan. I was like, it sounds like I've had. I've been waiting for someone to ask me that. That's not the case. But when you said that, that just got popped in my head. Uh, it's perfect. It's a. It's bloody, a great one. Yeah. I'm proud of that. It's bloody Bigfoot because I would leave. I guess I would because there was no. Okay, I couldn't get around them. Right this. now, I'm holding up my feet. Right now, I could not get around the fact that I have size 15 shoes. So. Yeah, that's I kind either, of a giveaway at a crime scene. I either just <laughs> lean into that and accept the nickname and just evade the police the entire time, or I wear shoes that are three sizes too small, terribly <laughs> uncomfortable, and leave misleading footprints. Oh my God, you just gave murderers a new idea. Like, that's the smartest thing I think I've ever heard, just wearing shoes that were either too... Oh gosh. It, right? Cut that, cut, cut that out there. <laughs> Right? Like, either big... Cut that part big, out. Too small, I think, is better, because nobody can be, like, running oh, around you know like, what? Yeah, I knew I would do that. Shoes. <laughs> scuba shoes. I knew shoes. I would give... The wrong people, the wrong idea. There, yeah. there was one that they did. I watched where, too much Columbo. <laughs> the girl wore bigger shoes, but they could tell where her weight was put in the shoes. Oh. So then they figured out that it wasn't. They were like, "Well, that's not good the on shoes them. Out. That's awesome." Yeah. yeah, I love detection. Yeah, I loved. I, we were watching like again when I was a kid. We watched cop shows. There was oh, a cop yeah. show. There was a cop show on every three seconds. Law and Order, and we, best. And oh, Law and Order, and that came later. That came when I was an adult. But and and I think I leaned into Law and Order heavily because of my cop show experience when I was a kid yeah. and Law and Order changed the game yes they really did my I love parents... detection I love watch it because that's really that's really authentic I love yeah. Christopher, Christopher Maloney hello stapler oh my gosh and then he went bald and I was like dude I didn't know you could see y'all talking about SVU mm-hmm. yeah okay and I grew up on and when I grew up but I mean right. I, I, I was watching the original for a decade before that even came out yes yeah. wow I feel like that's I don't know I always remember stapler and what's her wonderful name what Olivia oh, Benson Hargitay? yeah, yeah. She does yeah. a lot of work. 
Good work. She is wonderful. She's a gem. And I remember my mom would always watch it. My mom has always been obsessed with true crime, and she's literally mm-hmm. the reason that I was into I I can definitely say my mom is the reason I got well, yeah, into true crime. Yeah, our whole family. Our whole family yeah. really was fascinated by it. Yeah. My dad thinks there's something dark in me for it. Like, 100%. <laughs> every time my dad knows about this podcast, he's like... Yeah. I think there's something dark in there for that. And I'm like, Dad, it's a whole thing. Like yeah. a whole bunch of other people. I'm not I, the only one, Dad. There's not like five people listening, I swear. Like people are into this. We want to know. We want to know. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Okay. So if you, this was, Brooklyn, this was your question, actually. Uh, if you were going to get go to jail, what oh, yeah. would you be charged with? Me? Like why yeah. would you go to prison? Like Better. what? If, if you were going to break the law, what law do you think it would be? Yes. If I, was a bad, if I was a bad person and yes. I did something yeah. deliberately. If you're hypothetically going to do something bad. Mine was always money laundering, for sure. Like, if I'm going to do some shit, I'm laundering fucking yeah. money. I said, <laughs> no one look at I don't want to kill anybody. Yeah. Right. So that's out. <laughs> what if you're like, I've just been really violent for a long time? I think <laughs> mine would be murder. I thought you'd never ask. I, I would want to be Dexter, I think it would probably be. A, I think it would right? be. White collar crime is what? Like money laundering. Uh, money laundering. That's uh, what I thought. Theft. Mine would be a white collar thing, something like forgery. Yeah. Embezzlement, something like that. Figuring out a way to get money, you know, yep. move money around. I watch a lot of heist shows, too. Me, too. <laughs> you know what? You're so right. I watch so much. So, woo, words. They're not coming to me. Um, so many heist shows as well. And I'm like, if I was smart enough, mm-hmm. which I'm not saying I'm not because I haven't tried to, yeah. like, you know, rob a bank. I feel like with through hard work and dedication, you can do anything. Yeah. But I feel like I'd be um, like a bank robber for sure. I'm going to throw away the money laundering. That was my fucking, um, that one show that I watched forever. Yeah. The yeah. one that's on the, golly gee willikers, was Sexy Bateman, Jason Bateman. Oh, uh, Ozark. Yes. That was yeah. my oh, Ozark, Ozark era. Oh, yeah. Now jam. I'm over in my heist era. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rob a It bank. would be something like that. I wouldn't want anybody to get killed. Right. But if you're on Ozark, you can't help that. No. But, yeah. uh, but it would be something like that because they were good at that. Yeah, they were really good at that. Yeah, you I would do that. The family was really good at that. Yeah, I think I would do like Dexter, but not kill them. Just like slightly inconvenience bad people all the time. How like, fascinating was Dexter's How would you go to jail for scheme? slightly inconvenience? Yeah. No, I wouldn't go to jail. I just wanted to say what I would do. Oh. Yeah, that's what I, I would was do. like. What's well, that? If you're gonna go to jail, what would you do? And you're Dexter like, I would slightly inconvenience just, yeah. bad people. I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't think you go to jail for that. Go or a lot of Karens would be in jail. Oh yeah. Go take all of their left shoes so they have no shoes. Like, just stupid shit like that. All right. Are we yeah. ready to hop into this story? Like uh, the Easter fucking bunny? Or do we have more sto- Do we have more questions? What about the Easter bunny? What about I don't the know. Easter I just bunny? said hop into the story. <laughs> I hate the Easter bunny. <laughs> do you, Why? Your feelings about it? What? Why? It creeps me out. Uh, <laughs> the Easter bunny just gives me, creep, gives me the creeps. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's really a visceral situation. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. A big, I mean, you know, a, a rabbit, it's just... It gives you. It just gives you a weird, you know, yeah. visceral. Ooh. So no mall photos. No. For you so and I Tom. do not okay. like seven feet, seven foot tall rabbits. I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. Who would? Right. It is weird. A real rabbit that's seven foot tall. It's not a real rabbit, they, but the Easter Bunny costumes just kind of, kind of creep me out. Anyway. Yeah, they're kind of weird. They are. They are. They kind of creep me out. I can get on that. So anyway, line. you were just saying Easter Bunny. You weren't saying we we're going to talk about the Easter no, Bunny. I'm no. sorry. I, I digress big time. Um, do we have more questions? I was just checking because we've had our 15 minutes of fun. Our 15 minutes. There's just yeah. one more. It'll just okay, take a minute. And I'm actually really curious about this one for you. Okay. Okay. So what would your porn name be? Hear me out. Because it's your first pet and then the street that you grew up on. What was it? Your first pet? Mine is Sam Dalehaven. Yes, and then mine, mine. There's a little beagle named Brownie. 
And my sister got because she was in the brownies. And what street did you grow up on? Sunrise Drive. So it'd be brownie sunrise. Brownie, <laughs> brownie sunrise. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why is that one actually really good? It sounds like a dirty sex position or something. Yeah. It definitely sounds like there's shit involved. Like dirty For Sanchez, sure. brownie sunrise. <laughs> Yeah, it does, that, that, it's not. It doesn't work out too well, uh, or it works out too well. Or it yeah. works out too well. You're I like right. that. Mine's shorty Polk, but yours is way better. Okay, brownie sunrise. It is. Sure. No, no. The drive at five with brownie. I sunrise. don't think if you put that, you know, over the title, anybody's going to watch. But anyway, I mean, I'm, I am clicking play because I want to know. I would, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Oh, that just made me happy. That's a good That's one. Funny. That is probably the title of the episode. <laughs> and uh, I we think had, it's... We had a dog named Jose, Quirky, and then Chuckles, too. Either way, the sunrise is... Yeah. Sunrise, sunrise it makes brownie it... Make, sunrise. Brownie makes it perfect. Brownie yeah. is what makes me feel like brownie it's sunrise. dirty. <laughs> I don't know why brownie's dirty to me, but it's dirty. <laughs> but you know, it also could be a really nice brunch dessert. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> or sprinkle in some... I'm just trying to... Other I'm treats. trying to steer us away from the toilet. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> trying to not have Brooklyn say, it reminds me of shit more. <laughs> I know I'm over here like, don't say, don't say butthole. Don't say don't butthole. Say butthole. Uh. butthole. Shit. Two girls in a cup. Okay. As we hop off of that once more, like the Easter Bunny, what story are we talking about today? We are talking about a situation that occurred when I was a child, Ooh. when I was in... Third or fourth grade, one mid mid seventies. I'm pretty sure it was seventy five. I don't know what the the what the the, yeah. the tenure was. If you that's the word, but for one year, my dad was deputy coroner oh. in Davis County. That is your dad. Yeah, he was also he was a licensed mortician undertaker. What? Yeah. So did, have you seen a dead body before? Did you? Look? Oh yeah, he was a he was a he was a licensed he was a mortician undertaker down here at Davis Funeral. Oh um, wow! Yeah, for years. Uh, oh well, until he until he retired, and then even even after that, he was forced into retirement. But even after that, he still came back and did things for him, like you know, drove the hearse to pick up bodies, or drove family car to pick up, you know, that sort wow. of thing. But for one in mid seventies, he was for a year. He was the deputy coroner. I've got his badge. I've still got his badge. Uh-huh. I'm glad I found it too, because that was that's really cool that I found that. Yeah. Anyway, he's deputy coroner. So there was a case uh, involving a house fire, and two people, two members of this one family, were killed. And I, I don't really want to go into names. Yeah. Although all the principal actors in the situation are no longer with us. Okay. But a name's a name, and it goes, you know. Yeah. It yeah. Still, still small town. Yeah. So still small town. Yeah. And this Correct. is all from where so we anyway, live. So anyway, there's a house fire, that. and there were two people, two members of the same family, who were killed in the house fire. So Dad, through their investigation, Dad unearthed enough to determine that it was homicide. Ooh. That oh, no. the fire was set deliberately. Oof. Yeah, so the man was, charged, you know, arrested, charged, and convicted, and somehow, yeah. Sorry, so the man was the other person who it was the like the family man. Yes, he was. And he so was the head people, of the household. Okay, and the two people that died was it the wife and the, the wife and the daughter. The wife and the daughter. Okay. Oh, and the daughter. Do we know the age of the daughter? No, I do not. Know. Okay, do not I'm just know. like, is this a two year old or is this a fourteen year old? No, no, At the end no, of the day, no, it sucks no. either way. I'm just yeah. curious. No, you know from. From what Dad said, I always—he never said the age—but I was gathering from you know that it wasn't a young child, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a teen either, like maybe ten, okay, something like that. 10, they didn't burn so. alive, right? Like they—we're gonna hope it was at least smoke inhalation because it's. All I know is mm-hmm. that what he revealed, you know, and yes, 
the goal of the is two to, horrible, horrible yeah, yes. ways to die. Horrible yes, ways, I'm we, hoping it was. Smoke inhalation is preferable. Certainly. I've always said I was like, if I'm stuck in a fiery situation, I'm taking the deepest breaths of my life. Yes, yeah. until, and I'm just gonna until hope. you just you know. Yeah. But anyway, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the rules are about letting convicts make phone calls. I don't know they were back then. Uh, I'm not sure how they are now, but back then, this man called my dad's house after he was incarcerated. Called my dad's house. How it's our fuck? house. It was our house. How'd he get your well phone book? I guess. How? Yeah, I mean, we that's how everyone got it. Yeah, no. everyone's. Yes. Everyone got phone numbers from the phone book. That's Let me wild. Ex- yes, millennials. Let me. <laughs> yes, millennials. There used to be this thing called the phone. No, a I know you know. What a, I know you know what a phone book is. But when the phone books come out now, they're like they're like six pages. Yeah, and five nobody, of them are ads. Yeah, because so. nobody doesn't like because nobody has landlines anymore. Yeah. But back then, everybody was in the phone book. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I didn't. My parents didn't know anybody was unlisted, and the phone books were thick. Oh and yeah, big, I remember getting my phone, yes. my friends' phone numbers from the phone book. Sure, I did too. It was a big deal. Yeah. All the new phone books are out. Yay! And you, you know, remember by their address because it showed they their address too, didn't up. it? And you're like, oh yeah, I remember that they live on Joyce. Yeah, that's well, the right a... house. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that weird. Very the... yeah. The phone, the right. address. Man, it must have been so easy to stalk people back. But since then. Dad was public, you know, public servant. Yeah. At the time, he was his name. You know, was public, and they he looked him up, found the phone number, called him, and threatened to kill every one of us. What the what? hell? Wait. Yeah, he threatened to kill every one of us. He threatened he he uh, he threatened to kill all of us, mom, dad, my sister, and me, because because he knew from through the trial, right? Because dad was you know had to give testimony. Yeah. He through the trial that you know what dad revealed, what dad discovered was the right. reason he got convicted. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it just that that's. I don't know. I guess in in like movies, I hate to be that person, mm -hmm. but whenever I'm thinking like movies and books and things, it's never the coroner they go after; it's the cop. Yeah, you know, or the investigator, the detective, and like to stop and be like the coroner. I'm like, why haven't people been attacking more coroners? (laughs) Yes, because it's the coroner who's going to give the damning evidence on the on the on the stand, and the and the uh, defendant is going to sit there and see who who it is. Well, anyway. He spent the rest of his life, like I said, he's no longer alive. He never got out. We were never harmed. Did never, he call again? No, he never called again. And dad told me this. Dad didn't tell me what happened because I was, like I said, nine. Yeah. So he didn't tell me what happened. Why not? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I want you to grow up fast. But he didn't, <laughs> but, but he didn't, wait, till, he, he didn't wait till my adulthood. I was like, uh, I was like in high school, like good junior or senior in high school when he told, us, told me this happened. Or maybe even earlier. It could have been one of, anyway. Because I was able to handle it by the time I was 15, 16, 17 years old. But at nine, I'm like... You know. Shit, I'd still be freaked out at 15. <laughs> I saw... like, now what now? <laughs> I watched the Elder Skelter TV movie yeah, when I was what? 12 years old. Oh. And had nightmares when I was 12 because I thought he was going to... Because he was up for parole the year that TV movie came out, Charles Manson. Oh, shit. And I thought he was going to get out, come to Kentucky and kill all of us. So I was impressionable enough at 12 to think that Manson was going to get out and come straight for me. Oh, so, wow. um, so that's that's a good. There's a good reason. So at nine, <laughs> it was smart that dad didn't tell me about you know, you know this guy. Here did he on. did he like start sliding in with like, hey, so don't get into vans with candy. <laughs> if you see a weird part, like did do do you, can you remember and like tuck back into that like filing cabinet in the back of your brain and like think if your dad sat you down and was trying to have you be more vigilant, maybe. You know how we got more and he, and. This is not a conversation he would not have had because of all the different types of situations yeah. that he encountered, not just as deputy coroner, but as you know, mortician taking death calls. I mean, he had a company, we had a company phone at the house. Oh wow, Ooh, separate fancy. lines. So when wow. he was on call, you know, he'd get a death 
with a death call. He'd go out all hours of the night. So, oh, could you imagine though, like back then having ringtones? I wonder what his ringtone would be on this corner phone. It would have been. <laughs> Don't. It would have been the theme from Quincy. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I would have thought. Do you, um, do you all are you are yeah. you too familiar with the show Quincy? Yeah. From the 70s and mm-hmm. early 80s, because you shouldn't be, because it's older than you. It was I, my dad. My parents, not, we didn't. Number but you one, it would have been your shit. jam, because that was a really good medical examiner series. Yeah. It was really good. I don't remember I had who much time how detailed they were. But somebody did, because I remember it. Assuming your mom. Well, we were big, because of his line of work, and, and my mom was a nurse, too. I mean, you know. Oh, this so, is a sexy wow. little couple. There was right? a lot of types. <laughs> there's a lot of types of shows that we got into, but we kind of. Got far afield. What did you? What was the original question? Oh, um, did your dad ask you, like, or start teaching oh, you, or no, making you know, sure you're no, more no, aware? As far as sitting down, listen. Uh, because of their lines of work, mom and dad. Yeah. Our dinnertime conversation was unlike That's most dinnertime conversations because we would hear. We, we would hear. I mean, what I would consider now, and that bothered me. It didn't bother me. Graphic descriptions of things that he had seen. Yeah. You know. And, you know, yeah. like beheadings and stuff like that here, past the green beans, you know, yeah. so I, I mean, we, were, we, were, we just, we, mom and dad, mom and dad, you know, almost through osmosis practically educated us on the realities of life, the death being a huge reality of life right. early on. So, you know, it's nothing that's been yeah super shocked. So, so we were kind of accustomed to it, you know, growing I mean, up because of what dad yeah. did for, for work. So as far as that's concerned, I'll be honest with you. The John Wayne Gacy story is what did that for me because that really exploded when I was in my teens. Oh my! Yeah, I John, can't imagine being Spencer. The John Wayne Gacy story exploded when I was in my teens, and his victims were my age. That's what I was yeah. getting ready yeah, to say. His victims were my age, so you know, I, I became, I started became, okay, I started becoming, getting into the news in '79 with the Iran hostage crisis because we're all glued right. to the TV because every night, at, you know, when the, we didn't have 24-hour news, yeah. Uh, Every night, you know, at six o'clock when the news came on, up in the top right corner, and it would stay there the entire newscast, day 300, day 312, day 334, you know, that the hostages were still, I mean, when it became clear that they were going to be there a long time, they would put the day number up at the top right corner. Wow. And okay. so that's why I, I got into news. I hate to be this person. So becoming in, what so getting into news, getting, getting into watching the news when I was like 13, 14, then everything else came along, like, you know, serial killers really became they were thriving they, they were exploding in the yeah. late 70s and 80s and then the john wayne gacy story came out and that and and, and the book again blood letters and bad men mm-hmm. yeah i mean i read about some people that i'd never heard of i mean that book we're had getting like, that book that, yes, the, the, the book you know had like the down. al capones and the john dillingers and the jesse james and you know and all those stories but it also had people i've never heard of and those stories were a lot creepier and so i learned from those stories how to protect myself. So your parents And also the movie Copycat with Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter with the knockoff line that I'll never forget. Don't park next to vans as she's signing an autograph. <laughs> that valid fucking <laughs> statement. Hey, listen, I mean, that's true. I don't park next to vans. And what's funny, the other night we parked next to a van that was solid white, didn't have windows. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but we're, old, we're adults. But still, I couldn't believe a stereotypical van, the kind that they were talking about in that movie. And oh, the kind yeah. that you just think about when you think about stuff like that was sitting right next to my car. We were watching a movie last night, and it was literally a white van. Yeah. Which is the ritual killer. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, another fucking white van. How are people not paying attention to these damn white vans? The people who watch you on the regular know the movie Copycat. Have you have you seen the cop- movie Copycat? Sigourney Weaver Holly Hunter came out in 95. Oh, you, would, you both would love it. He's... 
you're giving us so many. No, I you both would love I that love movie. That's homework. a terrific. That's yeah. a really good serial killer movie. That Ooh. and Seven, and uh, those are really seven. excellent serial killer seven. movies. Ah, I want to rewatch Seven. Seven's they came out the same. One. They came out within a month, month of each other. Oh. That's how come Copycat's box office wasn't as good because it came out a month after Seven. Oh. And I always thought that was unfair because Copycat is every is just about as good a movie as Seven is. It's an excellent it movie. Yeah. Ooh. I agree. Now, I, I, do you, if you know, if you literally don't know anything about Copycat, I do not, I don't know I'm not going to tell you because the motif of the killer is so original. Okay, good. Don't tell me yes. And, and, and the reason is that the whole plot of the movie, the plot of the movie, not not the resolution or anything like that, mm-hmm. is given in descriptions of the film. But if you don't know, I like think. the um, the mo of mm-hmm. the serial killer yeah. in the movie ahead of time, it's it'd be so much better. So, oh my gosh! Okay, so don't read, Copycats. don't watch the trailer. Don't read. It's a press it's, play. Look, yes, you got it from me. It's a terrific movie. Okay, and you'll get a kick out of early internet scenes, like from ninety five. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dying times. So I hate to be that person, but you had mentioned the hostage situation. And you were saying that it showed the days in the corner? In 79 Let's and 80 and 81, yeah. Act like I don't know what that is. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, in 1979. Did you know? No, I did not. Oh, in God. 1979, <laughs> uh, six, American, six Americans uh, who were working at the U.S. Embassy in Iran were, were uh, uh, taken hostage by the, Iranian, oh. by the Iranians, by, the, by the, the group that overtook, I can't think of the name, but they were led by the Shah of Iran. Okay. And um, they were held hostage for 444 days. Whoa. 444 days. So that's like at the beginning of every newscast, you would they would put up oh, in the top man. right corner day 100. Day, you know, that Did they live? Huh? Did they live? Yes, yes, thanks to Whoa. the Canadian the Canadians, the Canadian embassy Gotta helped us and we Canadians. got them out. We got them out. And actually they landed on our soil the day Reagan was inaugurated. Ronald Reagan was inaugurated in 81. They were like they were like, "Okay, we don't want to mess with Ronald Reagan, so let him go." Whoa. That's what it looked like cuz yeah. cuz they were on our soil. On January twentieth, nineteen eighty one. Wow. So, yes, I didn't. It did occur to me you might not know that, but that's when I started paying attention to news. Was the hostage crisis? Wow. That I would be know. scary to watch too. Like, I mean, it's now every minute of every day. Yeah. We just it's don't interesting. watch it. Yeah, interesting. And twenty, I guess twenty two years later, someone who was my age in two thousand one that I was in seventy nine might feel regard nine eleven the same way. Yeah. 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 That is one thing you can think back and remember where you were. Everybody does. Gosh, you guys might have been that, that age at 9-11. I was in high school. Yeah. I was in middle school. Okay. I'm younger. Oh, God. Suck it. Then, <laughs> then you at 9-11 were my age during at the hostage crisis. Megan. Yeah. I remember watching and just not understanding. We were taking our eye step, which is the Indiana standardized testing. Yeah. And they were like, we need to stop. And somebody came in looking sick as shit and they pulled like the kit, the TV out and they were like, stop your test. And we were like, this has to be so mm-hmm. intense. If you're stopping that the Indiana state standardized testing that apparently <laughs> tells you whether or not you're going to be oh. smart so that we can all feel stupid for the rest of our yeah. lives. Um, that's alarming. That's it was, it was terrifying. That, it has to be just big, that it has to be a big enough deal to stop that. Yeah. Whoa. And then they pushed it in the thing and right when they turned it on and we were watching it for about two seconds before um, the second plane hit. Mm-hmm. And then we were all like, what is happening? We just didn't really understand. And then that's whenever the building fell. Uh-huh. And I was like, they yeah. always say there's only certain moments in your life that you remember everything that happened. And that was the one that did. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was watching live when the buildings fell. Yeah. I didn't see the initial because when the first plane went in, people thought it was an accident. Yep. And you that's know. why I didn't get it. I yeah. was like, so somebody accidentally ran into that. That's so mm-hmm. crazy. And then the second one happened. A horrible so accident, fun. but they mm-hmm. thought it was an accident. Yeah. But then after the second one, that's when I got the phone call from my mother. She said, get up, we're under attack. And I'm like, 
oh my lord, my mom doesn't go off half cock like that. So I put my shoes on, got ready anyway, and then went in there, and that's when I saw the tower start to fall. It was awful. But Ugh. the Iran the Iran hostage crisis was not three thousand people died dead, right. but that was an enormous, I enormous, yeah. life altering news story because that's well. I can't be the only teenager, 13, 14-year-old who started paying attention to the news because of that story. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, that's whenever our, our cherries are popped and we start to realize that life fucking sucks mm. and that there's bad people out there doing bad shit all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Did your parents meet as I completely pivot over to the side? <laughs> um, did your parents meet like on the job? Yeah. That's cute. They exactly did. They, you're totally exactly right. Did, they your, did. did your dad have a quirky cop friend? Because that'd be cool. A quirky cop friend? Yeah. Dad had a lot of cop friends. I See, feel like he should. That, that's a movie we would watch. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think that'd be really cool. Dad had a lot of cop friends. He really did. He knew a lot of people in the, in the department. Mom was a nurse. Mom was, uh, she was working in an emergency room. It was 1956. Where or, they were smoking cigarettes in the You could ER. smoke cigarettes anywhere you want to back in 1956. <laughs> including... <laughs> In the waiting room, the emergency room, of the hospital. That's so crazy. <laughs> and he was driving an ambulance. He was, he was oh, an ambulance driver. So and he came hot. In and that's when, that's when they met. I feel like that's just a it's hot, 19, sexy story. 1956. Power couple. Yeah. I love that. I do too. My friend Jenna, who probably does not listen to this podcast, but she, I, I think her husband was an EMT or something, and she was a like a pilot. That would do like whenever they'd come get you from a bad car accident, take you to another like hospital. She was flight. the nurse, a li- and uh, yeah, yeah. And he was a cop, and so he had dropped somebody off one day, like after a bad oh. car accident, and they met and they fell in love. And I was like, that's, "Why are you guys so hot?" That's cute. I know. I'm like Heather's like, "That's cute." I'm like, "That's so hot." <laughs> that's so lifetime movie, right? <laughs> I think it's so cool. I'm like, "Why are you guys so cool?" I came back from Miami well, you know and had what? dinner with them, and I was like, "I feel like a loser." <laughs> I have to tell you, know, it's funny because I would never watch one of those Lifetime movies like it is a gazillion years. But, you know, I guess they're not all, you know, that's not all. Oh, that would never happen. Obviously, that does. That's what yeah. does happen. It's <laughs> it funny. <does. laughs> you know, like they, they, they seem so unrealistic. But then again, aren't all of our lives unrealistic? Yeah. Like, who knows? Yeah, you, you really could. You could smoke anywhere. In fact, in fact, the high schools, when I was in high school, there were smoking sections. There were smoking in high school? Not inside the building. They had there them smoking, outside. Oh, yeah. yeah, there were smoking areas. There were smoking areas at the ends of wings, you know, for <laughs> for students who smoked and for teachers who smoked. Wow, yeah. that's so funny. Take a I math mean, test and whole, yeah, go I out mean, there with Mr. Smith and be like, "You got a Marlboro?" He's like, "Yeah, good job. You got a B." Like, what are you? That's so weird. Smoking cigs mm-hmm. with your teachers. Also, way yeah. back in the day, in the fifties and sixties, I wasn't there, but you know, you can see this in old movies. They would have really nice cigarette cases. Yes. Cigarette, <laughs> cigarette boxes they would put on, on the tables. And they would offer you a cigarette like they'd offer you something to drink. It's like cigarette? You know, just open yeah. your, you know, And that's that's how common smoking was back then. Right. So, certainly they weren't going to stop you from smoking in a hospital room. <laughs> <laughs> in the, very, the very first episode of Mad Men, Perish the, the doctor oh. is in between a woman's legs. He's a gynecologist and he literally is taking, he's ripping a cig and putting it on the thing and then like. No. Pause deep. Yes, no, that's that, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that was partly that that scene was there to show how I can't wait a minute. <laughs> Is it because it's a I truth. said pause deep? Listen, yeah. when it comes to smoking, Mad Men was super authentic. And yeah. they did that scene. They did that scene as part satire and as part authentic for, yeah. for authenticity. Because that's just the way it was. But they also wanted to show 
that that's the way it was, and they wanted to use an extreme situation of a gun. Well, that sounds yeah. pretty extreme you know, to me. Smoking a cigarette while he's you know, examining came a patient. Out the year I quit smoking, and so I couldn't watch it. I saw one episode and was like, "I'm going to start smoking cigarettes again. I cannot do it." Oh, it was do you too, know what they use? Can't do it. You know what they use? No. Uh, I was watching um, uh, an interview. Good around. to know it wasn't actual cigarettes. No, they're not. They're okay. They're cigarettes per se, right? But there's no tobacco in them. Uh, they're clove cigarettes. There's no tobacco oh. in there. There's like the, they're, they're, they're like herbs. And I was watching um, something on YouTube. Huh. It was something called the Hollywood Reporter Roundtable, and they had all these. They had six actresses who were in you know like big movies right now. Uh-huh. You know like critically came clay movies and big movies. Like Margot Robbie was there and Annette Bening and Carrie Mulligan who's in the movie Maestro mm-hmm. about uh, Leonard Bernstein, and she's heavy smoker. Her character uh, Felicia. Felicia, of course, she's Bernstein. a heavy smoker. How Felicia Bernstein was. Heavy smoker, and they talked about you know they've all played a, they've all done period pieces uh-huh. where smoking was required yeah and so they talked about the smoking and she said yes there's a lot of smoking she goes in those and and Emma Stone asked her said clove cigarettes right she goes yes she goes don't they give you a headache she goes they give you a terrible headache oh god there was a guy that used to come into the bar when I was in college and he would smoke clove cigarettes and I smoked at the time so he's like try one it burnt my throat well it sounds like it would burn like, it's clove and I was a smoker at the time so the oh, fact that oh I'm like, a fucking twat yeah, I'm over here like that should I be putting up in my hand for Christmas like, yeah but clove? don't light it on fire and huff it because it hurts I wouldn't yeah. I can't imagine you know, you know, now they have, so Travi Pads, my boo bear, he is strong. trying not to um, dip. Like, well, he quit dipping mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But now they created a dip that is, instead of tobacco, it's tea. What? It's tea leaves. Like, it, it's, cr- oh. yeah. And so they do they do something in it. Like, I guess uh, shredded tea was the closest consistency to yeah. tobacco. Oh, it would smell just like tobacco. And, yeah. It would. It would smell just goes, like tobacco. And he goes, it's just the same, except for I'm just putting, I'm using tea. And I'm like, <clears throat> wow. So it's not addictive. There's no chemicals in it. And I was like, huh. Just caffeine too, so. Right? I mean, it, I don't know if he's like using. Like a trace what, amount. No, I'm just saying. Oh, like, yeah. I guess. I don't know. There's caffeine free tea. It's the worst thing is caffeine. I think it's fine. Right. <laughs> Smoking also makes everything look a lot more hard boiled. You know, if you watch. <laughs> and, and, and I think about, and, 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 and well, I mean, you know, like, Film noir and crime drama. And, oh, hell yeah. You know, yeah. You know detectives you're stooping down over a dead body with a cigarette hanging out their mouth <laughs> and the ashes falling off. And, yes. What's well, That's how I pictured. I, I, every time I think I'm my dad investigating that, that, that arson case, Yeah. you know, I can see him because he was smoking then. He quit smoking cold turkey in 77. He was a heavy smoker cold for his health, for health, needed to. I can see him now, you know, stooped down over, you yeah. know, investigating these. Horribly burned up bodies, you know, and Oof. I can just see. Just, I don't mean to be, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. This is a true crime podcast. We yeah. Tend yeah. To be gruesome. I was going to say, the I'm sure. they, may, they probably heard a lot worse than what we've talked about today. Yes. But, oh, yeah. but I could just see him. Yeah, I can see him stooping there with that, with that cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And it just everybody smoked. Everybody smoked. Everybody smoked. He used to be able to yeah. smoke on a plane. I think I'd rather smell Marlboros in that guy's mm. butthole. Smoking sections. That used to crack me up. Like, over here was the smoking section, over here wasn't. I'm like, well, where's the wall? I know, there'd Can be no wall. Can you believe that the airports now, they don't have any smoking? Like, you know those little areas that you had to, like, go in and it would suck all the air out? <laughs> yeah. And you'd have to, like, chase it to go try to find it. And you'd walk out and you just smell, like, 800 cigarettes. And you try to rip as many as you can because <laughs> you're just like, I got to get nicotine in. This is the only place I can do it. Just go through four in a row. And, and then you come out and you're, like, disheveled and winded. And you're just... <laughs> 
trash. And then one day I remember like flying back. It was from Miami whenever I was, you know, a cigarette smoker, hiding it from my parents like that ever fucking mattered. Like my dad knew. Come on, I smell like a damn dirty ashtray. Of course my dad knew. My gosh. But anyway, then one day you're like walking around. I remember the first time I realized they didn't have them anymore because I was still a smoker. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die here. I'm going to die right here. You couldn't smoke anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Something just came to me. I didn't interrupt you. I Tell really didn't. Me. Something just came. I want to know. It just, I just remembered the man who, th- you know, who committed those murders uh-huh. and threatened my dad was a cop. It just occurred. To just, I just now remembered he was a cop. You that buried is, the lead. That is quite. I, well, I buried because I did because I'd, I'd forgotten that part of Whoa. it. He, he, he was. He was. That's a, a cop. pretty tantalizing part. He was a cop. It just. It just now the second him. I remember now he was a. Which cop. Which is why another reason why you probably. I'm not saying kept anything. the names kept private. The names, yeah. yeah, I just assumed. It's been almost fifty years ago. So, how I mean, did a cop years. survive in jail? And like uh, that is I that they must beat have been ass. But Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, <sighs> sometimes when they now it explains why I didn't go after the other cop. Sometimes when they yeah. were sentenced, went after. Uh, yeah. Sometimes when they sentence a, an officer, they put him in protective custody, segregate them, or something like that. I, yeah. mean, I just, I mean, literally, just this this morning before I came here, watched an episode of Law and Order where a sheriff was the the guilty party. Oof. And uh, the only deal that they offered him was, you know, the opportunity to spend the next 25 years of his life in a segregated cell. They weren't going to cut a sentence. Yeah. They just said, we'll, we'll put you in a segregated cell. So here's my thought. May, may I? Yes. How right. bad at your job can you be if you're a detective cop person and you can't get away with it? <laughs> like, That's if a I'm a cop job. and my job is to solve mysteries, how the fuck is it that I wasn't bright enough? To not trick the coroner or trick the, you know? Yeah. That's probably what made him so mad. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. he was pretty, he was probably, being a cop, was probably fairly certain that he was going to get away, get away with this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, dad got up on the stand and said, plop. <laughs> no, you're not. I can literally tell that you poured gas here. Because as a no cop, idea. he would know he'd never be able to get out of jail. Yeah. To do anything like he said he did in the phone call. Anyway, mm. that's, you know, it's a good point, you know, but, and, and he thought he had all, obviously he thought he had all his bases covered. Yeah. But I tell you what, my whole family into detective shows. And I know people say, well, is it not, is it really like that? I'm like, well, CSI's not because they, you know, oh, no. CSI, they, <laughs> CSI's fun, but they solve everything too quickly. But um, some of the other detective shows are, you know, a lot more accurate. And we, my whole family, big, Columbo fans, so we're we're um, we we always had an eye for like detection and like hmm, you know that's not really mom loved true crime, dad loved true crime, my sister does. I, I hope your dad did. That would be oh yeah. <laughs> oh no, I mean I mean not just because of work because it was fascinating. I mean oh yeah, my dad never read anything except Thomas Noguchi's book. <laughs> Man, Thomas Noguchi was a medical examiner in in Hollywood. Oh, wow. And he was like the medical examiner for the stars. Matt, oh. Thomas Noguchi did, did autopsies on several Hollywood stars. Oh, and, how does one get that title? And dad read his book. Dad read his book. And I'm like, that must have been some book. He must have really wanted to do that because dad just wasn't a reader. I mean, except the newspaper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he read, dad read two, literally read two newspapers cover to cover every night before he went to bed. Oh. But he didn't read books. Anyway, so, so well Thomas Noguchi's book, and I wish, you know, I, I really events. wish I had the book. I can't think of the name of it now. I could 
if I looked it up, I could probably, if I saw the cover, I'd recognize it. But dad immersed himself into that field, not yeah. just because he did I it. I love that. Good for know. him for being good at his job. Yeah. yeah. Not just, well, dad was always going to be good at whatever job he did. Oh. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what was your dad's was name? Him. What? What was your dad's name? Uh, Jim Brister. And what was your mama's name? Sue Brister. I feel like Jim and, and Sue, we just needed to know those names. Jim and Sue. Yeah. I feel like they were important. Jim and Sue. I feel like even with all of our true crime prowess, if you will, <laughs> the fact that we've uh, covered a lot of cases and done a lot of research on them, I still don't think I could commit a murder and get rid of it or get away with it. No. Did you guys ever see, I want to do a story on it, but I was and waiting I, and, to see if it was more tantalizing than it is. And I bring up Columbo a lot, and that's what that's all about is perfect murders. Yeah. Go ahead. And the podcaster who killed somebody to see what it was like. Yeah, a young woman, probably like 22. I think she was. Oh, please, nobody get shitty with me. But like, I think she was of Japanese descent or Oriental of some degree. I think I need to dig into it. I more. think she was Asian. Asian, but, uh, yeah. She literally killed somebody because she was so obsessed with the true crime podcast that she did, and she was like, "I just want to see what it's like." Yeah. Like, did you think it was gonna? I'm never gonna cross. That's really weird. That, <laughs> that is because- so crazy. I'm going back to the book, Blood Letters and Bad Men. Yeah, I wonder. Oh, I someone I learned about her name was Pen- Penny Bjorklund. And she was 19. It was 1950. It was late 50s. And she is in the book because she went and gunned down a man she never met before. She took a gun. She uh, stood on the side of the road. Somebody picked her up. This man picked her up. And she shot him to death. She shot him while he was sitting there. She got out of the car, came around the side, shot him again, shot him several times just to see what it was like to kill someone. Whoa. Obviously, it was pre-podcast days because of the 1950s. But she that that what you just said reminded me of her. That's wild. She People spent the rest of her life in jail. I'm not even, she was 19. So if she's still living, she's in her 80s, but I bet she's not. Anyway, I'm curious. I'm going to look her up. I don't know. Gunning oh. people down doesn't seem like the, I want to see their life come out of them type of, I don't want to sound crazy. Distur- I mean, but well, how disturbed would you, how disturbed would you have to be? Oh, you'd have to just be Just to shoot disturbed. and kill someone just to see what it's like to kill someone. Right. Why do you want to know what that feels like? Yeah. Lord, I agree. Good grief. But I feel like there should be like, some strangulation or stabbing. I feel like unless you're close. Penny Bjorkland. Yeah. You, you want to shoot, go hunting or something. <laughs> yeah. If that's what you need to shoot that annoying bird outside your window. I don't know. I'm not shooting shit. I can tell you that. Yeah, no. I will I, shoot the February shit. 1st. February <laughs> yeah. 1st, 1959. We're coming up on the 65th anniversary of that murder. Oh. Well. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, this site, Murderpedia, Oh, that's oh, the best that's one. one of we, our use, we use that she, quite often. Uh, they don't know if she's dead. Murderpedia doesn't know? They don't know if she's dead. Oh, it's she's 1941 dead. to question mark. So she, like I said, she'd be in her 80s. Oh, man. Wow. That's, that's what, that, that's what that, that book fascinated me. Yeah. Because I learned about people I'd never heard of who did some incredibly heinous, horrible things. Oh. Charlie Starkweather, Gertrude Beneshevsky. People like that. Oh, we have to look at horrible like, people. New story people. ideas. New story ideas. Well, I think Richard Speck. Ooh. Oh, I've heard oh we know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we heard about that because he he was a he was a mass murderer. He killed like eight nurses, and my mom was a nurse. So. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker. Spencer, thank you so much for coming. To I'm happy to do this. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. We get to play with you at work, but now we get to play with you on the mic. What a fun topic, too. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks again. Happy to do it. <laughs> If Thank y'all you. are a couple of sassholes, what am I? You're an honorary sassole. An honorary sassole. Am I honorary, honorary yes, yes, sassole? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Uh, like, rate, li- re- re- review, subscribe. You nailed it. I sure did. Nailed it. All right. Let's all say bye. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Theodore, can I put that down?